0: This episode is sponsored by Audible. Audible is a leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, and they have over 100,000 titles available for download. Visit audibletrial.com slash thescaldcircle to begin your trial and download your free audiobook today. It's time to relax, grab a drink, pull up a chair by the hearth, and have a seat in the Scald Circle to listen to chapters 10 through 13 of the Volsangha Saga as told by Casimir. Before we begin our story, we want to remind you that we release new stories for free every week. Our shorter tales release on Wednesdays, and our longer chapter stories release every other Saturday. Find out where you can hear them on our website at thescaldcircle.com. And be certain to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast app is. That way, you'll never miss out on one of our enchanting tales around the world. In addition to our reminder, we have some exciting news for the month of July. You've likely noticed that our format sounds a little bit different. Not only that... But you may have heard, in addition to our story releases on Wednesdays, we will also now be releasing longer chapter-length stories every other Saturday. As if that isn't exciting enough, starting on July 9th, we will begin hosting Fireside Stories with the Skald Circle at 7pm Central Time every other Thursday. Our Fireside Stories will be a live stream of my and I regaling you with stories you may have never heard before, along with some of our very own witty banter. So if you want to experience what a live show from the Skald Circle is like, that may be of interest to you. You can find more details under the events section on our website. Chapter 10 The Ending of Sintiotli, Sigmund's Son Now the Volsungs fare back home, and have gained great renown by these deeds. But Sintiotli betook himself to warfare anew and therewith he had sight of an exceeding fair woman, and yearned above all things for her. But that same woman was wooed also by the brother of Borgil, the king's wife. And this matter they fought out betwixt them, and Sinfiotli slew that king, and thereafter he harried far and wide, and had many a battle, and even gained the day, and he became hereby honoured and renowned above all men. But in autumn-tide, He came home with many ships and abundant wealth. Then he told his tidings to the king, his father, and he again to the queen. And she for her part bids him to get him gone from the realm, and made as if she would in no wise see him. But Sigmund said he would not drive him away, and offered her atonement of gold and great wealth for her brother's life. Albeit he said he had never erst given guilt to any for that slaying of a man, but no fame it was to uphold wrong against a woman. So seeing she might not get her way herein, she said, Have thy will in this matter, O my lord, for it is seemly so to be. And now she holds the funeral feast for her brother by the aid and counsel of the king, and makes ready all things therefor, but in the best of wise, and bade thither many great men. At that feast Borgild the queen bare the drink to folk, and she came over against Sinfiotli with great horn, and said, Fall to now and drink, fair stepson. Then he took the horn to him, and looked therein, and said, Nay, for this drink is charmed drink. Then Sigmund, Give it unto me, then. Therewith he took the horn, and drank it off. But the queen said this Sinfiotli, Why must other men needs drink thine ale for thee? And she came again the second time with the horn, and said, Come now and drink, and goaded to him with many words. And he took the horn, and said, "'Guile is in this drink.' "'And thereon Sigmund cried out, "'Give it then unto me!' "'Again the third time she came to him "'and bade him drink off his drink. "'If he had the heart of a volsung, "'then he had laid hand in the horn, but said, "'Venom is therein.' "'Nay, let the sip strain it out then, O son,' quoth Sigmund. "'But by then he was exceeding drunk with drink, "'and therefore spake he in that wise.' So Sinfiotli drank, and straightway fell dead to the ground. Sigmund rose up, and sorrowed nigh to death over him. Then he took the corpse in his arms, and fared away to the wood, and went till he came to a certain firth, and there he saw a man in a little boat, and that man asked if he would be wafted by him over the firth, and he said, Yea, thereto. But so little was that boat that they might not go in at once. So the corpse was first laid therein while Sigmund went by the firth side, But therewith the boat and the man therein vanished away from before Sigmund's eyes. So thereafter, Sigmund turned back home, and drove away the queen, and a little after she died. But Sigmund the king yet ruled his realm, and is deemed ever the greatest champion and king of the old law. Chapter 11. Of King Sigmund's Last Battle, and How He Must Yield Up His Sword Again There was a king called Elimi, mighty and great of fame, and his daughter was Hjordis, the fairest and wisest of womankind, and Sigmund hears it told of her that she was meet to be his wife, yea, if none else were. So he goes to the house of King Elimi, who would make a great feast for him, if so be he comes not thither in guise of a foe. So messages were sent from one to the other that this present journey was a peaceful one, and not one for war. So the feast was held in the best of wise, and many a man thereat. Fairs were in every place established for King Sigmund, and all else things were done to the aid and comfort of his journey. So he came to the feast, and both kings hold their state in one hall. Thither also was come King Lingi, son of King Hunting, and he also is a-wooing the daughter of King Lamy. Now the king deemed he knew that the twain had come thither, but for one errand. "'and thought withal that war and trouble might be looked for "'from the hands of him who brought not his end about. "'So he spake to his daughter and said, "'Thou art a wise woman, and I have spoken it, "'that thou alone shalt choose a husband for thyself. "'Choose therefore between these two kings, "'and my reed shall be even as thine.' "'A hard and troublous matter,' said she. "'Yet I will choose him who is the greatest fame.' King Sigmund to wife, Albe, he is well stricken in years. So to him she was betrothed, and King Lingi got him gone. Then he was Sigmund wedded to Hjordas, and now each day was the feast better and more glorious than on the day before. But thereafter Sigmund went back home to Honlan, and King Elemi, his father-in-law, with him, and King Sigmund betakes himself to the due ruling of his realm. But King Lingi and his brethren gather an army together to fall on Sigmund for in all that matters they were wont to have the worser lot. So did this bite the sorest of all, and they would fain prevail over might and pride of the Volsungs. So they came to Hunland, and sent King Sigmund word how they would not steal upon him, and that they deemed he would scarce slink away from them. So Sigmund said he would come and meet them in battle, and drew his power together. But Hirdus was born into the wood with a certain bondmaid, and a mighty wealth went with them. "'and there she abode while they fought. "'Now the Vikings rushed from their ships in numbers not to be borne against, "'but Sigmund the king and set up their banners, "'and horns blew up to battle. "'But King Sigmund let blow the horn his father erst had "'and cheered on his men to the fight, "'but his army was far the fewest. "'Now was that battle fierce and fell, "'and though Sigmund were old, yet most hardly he fought.' and was ever on the foremost of his men, no shield or Burnie might hold against him. And he went ever through the ranks of his foremen on that day, and no man might see how things would fare between them. Many an arrow and many a spear was aloft in the air that day, and so his rights wrought for him that he got no wound, and none can tell over the tale who fell before him, and both his arms were red with blood even to the shoulders.' But now, when as the battle had dured a while, there came a man into the fight clad in blue cloak with a slouched hat on his head, one-eyed he was, and bare a bill in his hand, and he came against Sigmund the king, and have up his bill against him. And Sigmund smote fiercely with the sword, it fell upon the bill and burst asunder in the midst. Thenceforth the slaughter and dismay turned to his side, for the good hap of King Sigmund had departed from him. And his men fell fast about him. Not did the king spare himself, but rather cheered on his men. But even as the saw says, no might against many. So it was now proven. And in this fight fell Sigmund the king and King Lamy, his father in law, in the forefront of their battle, and therewith the more part of their folk. While we were between chapters, we mentioned earlier that this episode is sponsored by Audible. I personally cannot recommend Audible enough. Being able to download titles and listen offline anytime and anywhere is extremely convenient. Recently, I've been listening to Lines of Departure by Marco Close, and it's a real treat. It's also just one of thousands of audiobooks that are available through Audible. If you have any favorite Audible titles, send us a message. We're always looking for new stories to listen to. If you're not already an Audible member, you can visit audibletrial.com slash to begin your trial and download your free audiobook today. If you sign up and you're not certain what to download right away, don't worry about it. Your credits last for a year, so Audible never makes you feel rushed. Chapter 12 Of the Shards of the Sword Gram and How Hjordis Went to King Alf Now King Lingi made for the king's abode, and was minded to take the king's daughter there, but failed herein. For there he found neither wife nor wealth. So he fared through all the realm, and gave his men rule thereover. And now deemed that he had slain all the kin of the Volsungs, and that he need dread them no more from henceforth. Now Hyordas went amidst the slain that night the battle, and came whereas lay King Sigmund, and asked if he might be healed. But he answered, Many a man lives after hope has grown little. But my good hap has departed from me. Nor will I suffer myself to be healed, nor wills Odin, that I might ever draw sword again, since this my sword and is broken. Lo, now, I have waged war while it was his will. Not ill would I deemst matter, said she, if thou mightest be healed and avenge my father, the king said, "It is fated for another man. Behold now, thou art great with man-child. Nourish him well and with good heed, and the child shall be the noblest and most famed of our kin. And keep well with all the shards of the sword, thereof shall a goodly sword be made, and it shall be called Gram. And our son shall bear it, and shall work many a great work therewith. Even such an eld shall never minish, for his name shall abide, and shall flourish as long as the world shall endure. And let this now be for thee, but now I grow weary of my words, and I will see our kin that have gone before me. So Curdis sat over him till he died on that day dawning. And then she looked, and behold, there came many ships sailing to the land. Then she spake to the handmaid, "Let us now change raiment, and be thou called by my daughter, and say that thou art the king's daughter." And thus they did, But now the Vikings behold the great slaughter of men there and see where two women fare away thence into the woods, and they deemed that some great tidings must have befallen, and they leapt ashore from their ships. Now the captain of these folks was Alf, son of Hjallprek, king of Denmark, who was sailing with his power along the land. So they came into the field among the slain, and saw how many men lay dead there. Then the king bade go seek for the women, and bring them thither. And they did so. He asked them what women they were, and little as the thing seemed to be, the bondmaid answered for the twain, telling of the fall of King Sigmund and King Elimi, and many other great men, and who they were withal, who had wrought the deed. Then the king asked if they wotted where the wealth of the king was bestowed, and then says the bondmaid, It may well be deemed that we know full surely thereof. And therewith she guides them to the place where the treasure lay and there they found exceeding great wealth, so that men deem that they never seen so many things a price heaped up together in one place. All this they bore to the ships of King Alf and Huredis, and the bondmaid went with them. Therewith these sail away to their own realm, and talk how they surely on that field had fallen the most renowned of kings. So the king sits by the tiller, but the women abide in the forecastle. But talk he had with the women, and held their counsels of much account. In such wise the king came home to his realm with great wealth, and he himself was a man of exceeding goodly to look on. But when he had put but a little while at home, the queen his mother asked him why the fairest of the two women had fewer rings and the less worthy attire. I deem, she said, that she whom ye had held of least account is the noblest of the twain. He answered, I too have misdoubted me, that she was little like a bondwoman and when we first met, in seemly wise, she greeted noblemen. Lo, now, we will make a trial of the thing. So, on a time as men sat at the drink, the king sat down to talk with the women and said, In what wise do you note the wearing of the hours, when as night grows old, if ye may not see the lights of heaven? Then says the bondwoman, This sign I have that when as in my youth I was wont to drink much in the dawn. So now, when I no longer use that manner, I am yet wont to wake up at the very same tide and by that token do I know thereof. Then the king laughed and said, Ill manners for our king's daughter. And therewith he turned to Herodice and asked her even the same question, but she answered, My father erst gave me a little gold ring of such nature that it groweth cold in the finger in day dawning, and that is a sign that I know thereof. The king answered, And now of gold there were a very bondmaid bore it. But come now, thou hast been long now hid from me, Yet if thou hadst told me from the beginning, I would have done to thee as though we had been of one king's children. But better than thy deeds I deal with thee, for thou shalt be my wife, and due jointure will I pay thee whenas thou hast borne me a child. She spake therewith and told out the whole truth about herself. So there she was held in great honor and deemed the worthiest of women. Chapter 13. Of the Birth and Waxing of Sigurd Fafnir's Bane. The tale tells that Hjordis brought forth a man-child, who was straightly born before King Helprick. And then was the king glad thereof when he saw the keen eyes in the head of him, and he said that few men would be equal to him or liked unto him in any wise. So he was sprinkled with water and given the name Sigurd, of whom all men speak with one speech and say that none was ever his like for growth and goodliness. He was brought up in the house of King Helprick in great love and honor. And so it is that when so all the noblest men and greatest kings are named in the olden tales, Sigurd is ever put before them all, for might and prowess, for high mind and stout heart, wherewith he was far more abundantly gifted than any man in the northern parts of the wide world. So Sigurd waxed in King Halprick's house, and there was no child but loved him. Through him was Hjordis betrothed to King Alf, and jointure meted out to her. Now Sigurd's foster father was Hight Regan the son of King Hridmar. He taught him all manners of arts, the chess-play and the lore of runes, and the talking of many tongues. Even as the want was with king's sons in those days, but on a day when they were together, Regin asked Sigurd if he knew how much wealth his father had owned. And he had the ward thereof, Sigurd answered, and said the king's kept the wealth thereof. Said Regan, Dost thou trust them all utterly? Sigurd said, It is seemly that they keep it till I do somewhat therewith for better they wot how to guard it than I do. Another time Regan came to talk with Sigurd and said, A marvellous thing truly that thou must needs be a horse-boy to the kings, and go about running like a knave. Nay, said Sigurd, it is not so, for in all things I have my will, and whatso I desire is granted me with good will. Well then, said Regan, ask for a horse of them. Yea, quoted Sigurd, and that shall I have, whenso I have need thereof. Thereafter Sigurd went to the king, and the king said, What wilt thou have of us? Then said Sigurd, I would even a horse of thee for my disport. Then said the king, Choose for thyself a horse, and whatso thing else thou desirest among my matters." So the next day Sigurd went to the wood, and met on the way an old man, long bearded, that he knew not, who asked him whither away. Sigurd said, I am minded to choose me a horse. Come thou and counsel me thereon. Well then, he said, "'Go, we, and drive them to the river which is called Buseltarn.' "'They did so, and drave the horses down into the deeps of the river, "'and all swam back to land but one horse. "'And that horse Sigurd chose for himself. Gray he was of hue, and young of years, "'great of growth and fair to look on, "'nor had any man yet crossed his back. "'Then spake the Greybeard, "'From Sleipner's kin is this horse come, "'and he must be nourished heedfully.' for it will be the best of all horses. And therewithal he vanished away. So Sigurd called the horse Grani, the best of all horses of the world. Nor was the man he met other than Odin himself. Now yet again spake Regan to Sigurd, and said, Not enough is thy wealth, and I grieve right sore, that thou must needs run here and there like a churl's son. But I can tell thee where there is much wealth for winning, and great name and honour to be one in the getting of it. Sigurd asked where that might be, and who had watch and ward over it. Regan asked, Fafnir his name, and but a little way hence he lies, on the ways of Nita Heath. And when thou comest, there thou mayst well say that thou hast never seen more gold heaped together in one place, and that none might desire more treasure, though he were the most ancient and famed of all kings. Young am I, said Sigurd, Yet I know of the fashion of this worm, and how that none durst go against him, so huge and evil is he. Regan said, Nay, is it so, the fashion and growth of him is even as the other lingworms, and over great tale men make of it. But even so would thy forefathers have deemed, but thou, though thou be of the kin of the Volsung, shalt scarce have the heart and mind of those who are told of as the first in all deeds of fame. Sigurd said, Yea, belike I have little of their hardihood and prowess, but thou hast naught to do to lay a coward's name upon me. When I am scarce out of childish years, why dost thou egg me on hereto so busily? Regan said, Therein lies a tale which I must needs tell thee. Let me hear the same, said Sigurd. And that is chapters 10 through 13 of the Volsunga Saga from Norse Mythology. Thank you for listening to our story. If you enjoyed it, we recommend taking a look at our Patreon page, as noted in the description below. You can earn great rewards while also supporting us to keep these stories alive for generations to come. Also remember to subscribe to us on your podcast app, and to leave us a 5-star rating if you enjoyed this story. A special thank you to Cat for their support this month. Without your contribution, we would not be able to continue these stories, and we truly appreciate it. Visit theScaldcircle.com to stay up to date with all of our current events, news, and much more. Not only that, but you can also visit our story archive of every tale we have ever told. It's sorted by origin and region for the convenience of your listening. Thank you for listening to our story. Don't forget, this episode is sponsored by Audible, the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks. While this story is over, you can visit audibletrial.com slash thescaldcircle to begin your trial and download your free audiobook today. Let us know what you've listened to recently in Audible via our Facebook page. We're always looking for new recommendations.